They say everybody's got different problems. Well, maybe so, but I've got a song about one problem that every one of us have, and that's taxes. Well, this song's about what it's like after taxes. I feel so good. Come payday. I think of all the things I'm going to buy when I pick up my pay. Don't you know? Then they had me that little brown envelope. I peep inside, and the Lord will lose all hope. Cause from them total wages earned down to that net amount that's due. I feel a painful sense of loss between the two. What's up, guys? I'm Alyssa. I'm Caroline. And I'm Amanda. And we are all graduate students at Auburn University doing our master's in accounting. We all completed our undergrad at Auburn and are so excited to be recording our first podcast for Mac Chat. This podcast really focuses on the most recently passed tax topics in the news, and we can't wait to bring you guys a new topic each week. Hey guys, welcome to the Mac Chat, your source for all the recent news related to tax law changes. We're your hosts, Alyssa, Amanda, and Caroline. Today, we're going to talk to you about the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act, or CARES Act, that was recently passed by Congress. Alyssa, could you tell us a little bit more about the CARES Act? Yeah, Caroline. So the CARES Act stands for the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, which was passed by Congress and signed into law by President Trump on March 27, 2020. It's a $2 trillion bill that is intended to boost the U.S. economy by providing economic relief to individuals, families, and small businesses in response to the coronavirus pandemic. The bill includes several ways to support Americans during this time by providing direct payments to Americans, assistance for small businesses, expanded unemployment insurance, support for medical professionals, and relief for students, renters, and homeowners. How much are the payments for individuals? So the CARES Act includes a one-time payment of $1,200 to qualifying individuals and $2,400 to married couples, as well as an additional $500 per child. The IRS will automatically calculate the amount you're eligible for and deposit the checks into your bank account. In addition to helping individuals and families, the CARES Act intends to provide aid for small businesses with 500 or fewer employees through federally guaranteed loans. This, the bill creates a paycheck protection program for small businesses and self-employed individuals to prevent them from losing their jobs or business. It provides eight weeks of cash flow assistance through federally backed loans for those employers who continue to maintain their payroll through the pandemic. The bill also ensures that self-employed workers like Uber drivers and independent contractors are able to receive unemployment during this time. It provides funding for our medical professionals to obtain the supplies they need, including personal protective equipment, ventilators, and sterilizers. Lastly, it provides relief for student loans by extending the repayment period for, by six months with no penalty, disallows evictions from properties with federally backed mortgages for four months, and prohibits foreclosures on properties with federally backed mortgages for two months. Who is eligible for the economic impact payment? So the full payment amounts are available to individuals with income under $75,000, heads of household under $112,500, and married filing joint under $150,000. Single filers with income exceeding $99,000 and $198,000 for joint filers with no children are not eligible. 
you will automatically receive the payment in your bank account if you filed a tax return in 2018 or 2019. What businesses are eligible to benefit from the CARES Act? So to benefit from the CARES Act, you must be a U.S. business in any state or territory with 500 or fewer employees, and you must be able to prove that COVID-19 has financially impacted your business in a negative way. Will the IRS contact me about information needed to receive the payment? The IRS says they will not call, email, or text you regarding personal information needed to receive the payment. They also will never ask for your bank account number, so any person asking you for this sensitive information is not the IRS and should be reported as spam. A letter will be mailed to the address the IRS has on file confirming the payment details as well as additional information on what to do if you don't receive the payment. Now that we've covered the basics of the CARES Act, we're going to dive into some of the more interesting aspects of this bill as it relates to tax. Alyssa, you mentioned the economic impact payments that individuals receive as a part of the CARES Act. Will this amount be considered income for next year's tax? I thought this was pretty interesting, and the short answer is no. This payment, which many people are calling a stimulus check, is actually called a recovery rebate for individuals in section 6,428 of the CARES Act. This check is actually a refundable credit against individuals' income tax. Like any rebate you might receive when you order contacts or buy a car, it is essentially a partial refund on an amount already paid. The amount you received is based on the filing status, number of qualifying children, and adjusted gross income. As Alyssa already mentioned, the IRS calculates this amount and sends the appropriate amount to you. The basis for the calculation is that individuals filing the joint return receive $2,400, while all other filing statuses receive $1,200, and an additional $500 is included per qualifying child. This amount is limited by 5% if the taxpayer's adjusted gross income exceeds $150,000 for joint taxpayers, $112,500 for head of household, and $75,000 for all other filing statuses. Back to the original question, since this check is actually a re refundable tax credit and not income, it is not taxable for next year. I think a lot of people have been confused about where this payment was really coming from, so it makes sense knowing that it was actually a tax credit. Caroline, didn't you say that there were changes to net operating losses as well? Yes, the CARES Act temporarily affects the deductibility of net operating losses, which are more commonly known in the accounting world as NOLs. But before we get into the details about that, let's look at what an NOL is and how they were treated before the CARES Act was enacted. IRC section 179 essentially says that NOLs occur when tax deductions allowed exceed gross income. A NOL cannot be deducted in the year in which it incurred, so it could either be carried back to prior years that had taxable income or carried forward to a future year. Before the CARES Act, NOLs had already seen a recent change in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. NOLs that arose before 2018 could be carried back two years and carried forward 20 years. NOLs incurred after 2017 were limited to 80% of taxable income and carried forward indefinitely with no carryback per the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. This effectively delayed NOL deductions, which was unfavorable to taxpayers with these losses. Since COVID-19 exposed so many companies to unexpected losses, it makes sense that Congress chose to provide some tax relief for those losses by allowing a five-year carryback and removing the carry forward limitation for NOLs incurred from 2018 to 2021. Amanda, I heard there was a unique rule about hand sanitizer. Could you tell us more about that? 
Yeah, so the CARES Act eliminates excise tax on distilled spirits removed after December 31st, 2019 and before January 1st, 2021, used in or contained in hand sanitizer that is produced and distributed related to the outbreak of COVID-19. While denatured alcohol is already exempt from tax, distillers were concerned that using undenatured alcohol or alcohol meant for human consumption to produce hand sanitizer would subject them to millions in taxes. Could you explain how using alcohol and hand sanitizer would subject them to millions in taxes? Yeah, before the CARES Act, the federal excise tax on these distilled spirits was $2.70 per gallon for the first 100,000 gallons produced in a single calendar year. For every additional gallon, the tax was over $13 per gallon until more than 22 million gallons were made. As you can tell, this would get quite expensive, but thankfully under section 2308 of the CARES Act, Businesses who use distilled spirits to produce hand sanitizer for distribution in response to the pandemic will have temporary exemption from paying excise tax on those spirits. Amanda, could you explain how the CARES Act has helped with the drop in air travel? Under Section 4007 of CARES Act temporarily suspends certain aviation excise taxes. This is much needed as COVID-19 has created headwinds for the airline industry. Out of health concerns, customers were canceling international air travel as early as January 2020. Since then, travel restrictions imposed by governments around the world, as well as suspension of non-essential travel by businesses and organizations, have led to a sharp drop in air travel. Could you go into a little bit more detail about that? Of course. The CARES Act provides that federal excise tax on air transportation under IRC Section 4261 and 4271 does not apply to amounts paid from the day after enactment of the CARES Act, which was March 28, 2020, through January 1, 2021. This means that the federal excise tax does not need to be collected on amounts paid for charter flights, timeshare flights, or any other flights, irrespective of whether the flights are conducted under FAA regulations. The drop in passenger air travel will reduce revenue from ticket taxes and segment fees, while flight cancellations will affect fuel tax receipts. Since the airline industry had no way of predicting a, a, go a global pandemic, it makes sense that Congress chose to suspend aviation excise taxes and fees. That's really interesting. Well, all right, guys, I think that pretty much sums up the CARES Act. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Shirt right off my 